All right, so back on another flight. Hopefully this one won't, uh, maybe this, hopefully this one will make a little bit more sense than, than the last one that we recorded, depending on when this is launched in the sequence of recording. But today we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship and your mental well-being and a study or at least an article on Forbes. Forbes.com. Yeah, yeah Forbes. Uh, it, kind of tying that, the entrepreneurship, the entrepreneurial lifestyle uh, in your well-being, like those being in sync as far as boosting your your well-being. Now, the article, and of course, I always want to preface to people that are interested in starting a business, it is stressful. Absolutely. Almost like on a nonstop level. Like there certainly can be a lot of stress, yep. especially when you're in startup mode. Yep. And I think that's addressed here a little bit in this article. Yes, it is. Uh, um, before we jump into the article, maybe we should just say a little bit about our entrepreneurial past in case this is the first episode you're listening to. Sure. Okay. Um, go ahead. Starting with me, my <laughs> entrepreneurial past. Not you don't have to go back to the <laughs> the paper back to the route. Sands. Yeah, but like just that you have been an entrepreneur, started yes. several businesses. I've been an entrepreneur for greater than Oh my gosh, I'm really dating myself. Like, and this is like probably professional entrepreneur for a good 20 years. Right. I've been an entrepreneur longer than I, obviously than I've really been not in the sense of my my work history, my careers, and having some level of like side hustle before it was even called a side hustle. Right, and serial entrepreneur. So it's not that you have only established one business, but many through your life. Several, several uh, successful, some failed, mm -hmm. but business, yes. You like, started up, you've exited, all of it. I've started up, I've exited, I've started up, I've crashed and burned, uh, <laughs> or I, I left before it burned. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped ship, I think that's what that's called. <laughs> yeah, uh, still had to deal with, with the, the, the mire that was left behind, uh, but, but yes, like... I have started several businesses and am involved in several endeavors currently. Right. And I have had a solopreneur experience in the past. And on, a, on a, unlike an official actual business level, you know, organized and those, you know, I've had lots of freelance type things before that. But that I think freelancing and entrepreneurship like are a little bit different animals. They can be. And I know that I remember saying things like freelancing is not entrepreneurship, but I think I'm, I'm walking that back a little bit because I realize like I'm allowed to change my mind. Uh, and, and they even talked about like that direct directing that to intelligence. Um, again, not just IQ, but EQ to say like changing your mind can be a smart thing. Oh yeah. No, I guess I was just saying like a full-time freelancer, mm -hmm. definitely a little bit different than like doing an odd job freelance on the side here oh there. yeah yeah like some photos <laughs> here and there right or fi mending somebody's fence does anybody mend mending anything? fences yeah, i think yeah. that there's fencing companies there now. are fencing companies <laughs> i'm telling you the big guys are just letting the little like they're just taking it over they're really awesome as i can tell you from my neighbor's experience that oh. was sarcasm um <laughs> So yes, yeah, so just to inform any new listeners that this is not like, we're not just talking out of our behinds here. We actually have some experience being entrepreneurs and we can speak to the challenges and benefits of those experiences on a personal level, not just this article. Um, 
just so you guys, you know, know kind of a, a little bit about us, because you may not have come here from our vlog or, you know, uh, places where you would maybe know something about who we are. Right. So just to add that context. Well, and, and I also want to give some context or some maybe inspiration, mm -hmm. some inspiration to those of you out there, because this article does mention it. And it's something that I've even talked about as being an intrapreneur, mm -hmm. someone who is very entrepreneurial as an employee. And I even think that that helped validate my entrepreneurial path. And I'll give a very brief example, because maybe this speaks to you. I remember interviewing for a job. This was a long time ago. And one and my current employer understood that I needed to to kind of move on. Like he he just knew it, and he wanted to help me transition. Which I thought like that's totally amazing. And that's actually how I've run my businesses now. Like if if people feel like they need to advance somewhere else or or to do something like we're that's part of our culture. So I remember him during this this process of interviewing. He met with the the person that was interviewing me. And basically, this person had repeated back what he told uh, told him. And he basically said, you know, Kevin is the kind of guy that literally doesn't look at the, the customer in front of him, the client in front of him. He goes beyond that. Like, he sees past them, outside the door, the window, across. Like, he really looks at, like, how, like, the way he interacts with them delivering good customer service, delivering the product. Like he really thinks about the business and not just the customer coming in the door and then the customer leaving. And this was before entrepreneur was actually used. And it was, and here's the thing. I remember when, when the guy told me this, like he was kind of telling me these things and it wasn't about like stroking ego. He was telling me that, you know, your boss was saying that you really are sort of, looking at the bigger picture like he knew that you were moving on and you, and that you know eventually like this was going to happen well the short of it was uh i got offered that job i didn't take it i started my business right after that <laughs> like my and and that wasn't my first business that i started but like my first like i'm gonna go for it yeah business like i don't have a lot of money but i'm gonna do this right and that just actually just popped in my head when you were when you were kind of talking about your path so this gentleman, actually, my previous employee, he's not a rat. He's unfortunately he had passed away. Um, but I really appreciate him doing that for me. Yeah. And, and I think that definitely helped. And it made me also validate that, yeah, working for other folks wasn't my path. Or like necessarily, I work for other individuals, like for the client. But being an employee is not good for me. And, and we'll talk about that mental health sure. piece of it. So uh, I still have a an entrepreneur type position as my, I guess I would say my main source of income, not my mm -hmm. main gig, but my main source of income. And uh, I run a department um, in, an, in a larger organization and I definitely take somewhat of an entrepreneur mindset around how I want that department to run and I'm not interested in doing things the old way, um, or in my specific case, maybe the way that my predecessor did it because she was there for such a long time. There's kind of still an expectation that I carry that torch in the same way. But 
Um, I definitely think, you know, as I have been helping grow our entrepreneurship business on the side, that that is more where my heart lies, that I think it's not that I can't be a quote unquote good employee, but that I, I feel the benefits of growing our business so much differently than I process the wins in my entrepreneurship sort of life. And while I appreciate the good progress that I've made in that department and the, the things that I've been able to do for people by changing the culture there, it doesn't feed me in the same way that, um, our business does because, and the article sort of discusses this. I don't really set the goals for that company on my own in a vacuum, the way that we as entrepreneurs set the goals for our business. I feel, I feel like we in our business set the goals that we want. Whereas in that position, I'm just sort of, I still have to keep in mind what other people want, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think it's good to be able to work together as a team, but I've realized that there's only so much I can do as a member of that team in that agency. Right. Well, and I think there, that, that could be, you know, also the difference of being a small shop or even on your own, a solopreneur, mm-hmm. as I've said before, versus, yeah, like building those teams. Because, yeah, you're talking about a business that has been established for a long time and change can be very difficult in a lot of businesses that have been around for a long time because process can take a long time unless it's just forced. <laughs> right. Like you're just like, oh, wait, we, we got to do this like yesterday. Well, you can shake up for sure. But I think I think it's hard to maintain that same like good working relationship with people when you're trying to shake things up as an entrepreneur. And I think maybe maybe related to me on a personality level and also somewhat related to being a woman in the workplace where I, I, I have an aversion to shaking things up too much. I I want to make sure that all of my working relationships with everyone are always good. And as an entrepreneur, I feel like I am more in control of that. Um, whereas as an employee, I feel like I have a responsibility to not shake the boat, rock the boat too much because that's not being a great team player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the long game, it might be, but in the short game, it causes a lot of drama. And like, yes, as you said, it's a small shop. I mean, we have less than 50 employees. So any little amount of drama sure spreads fast and it affects people at all levels. Sure. It it does. And I think as a, an entrepreneur feeling like you have that control mm-hmm. to build things, how you envision it, like that can help boost your well-being because it's your vision that you're trying to execute on to take action on versus someone else's vision. I do think that as an entrepreneur, we can certainly get sucked into work. Like you can work almost during every waking minute that you are vertical or like I said, your eyes are open. <laughs> yeah, like that's more like it. <laughs> you can you can definitely do it. And that and that's definitely the stressful part of it. 
But I also think that if you allow yourself as an entrepreneur, which you probably feel like you have a bit more ability or a lot more ability to do, when you look at inefficiencies versus like you being an entrepreneur in a company, like someone who wants to make that change, wants to think more like, you know, like for the business, about the business, bigger than the business, outside the box and all those things, you do start to discover that you can apply some of these efficiencies better in your own organization. And even if it's an organization of one, it's, it's interesting because like I'll have people that will even say to me like, well, why are you doing it that way? Because like they, like they've learned how to do like a process in a certain way. But you know, I'm like, listen, like I broke it, everything down and open and this is why I did it this way. And they're like, Oh Wow look at how much time you're saving or look how much more efficient you are becoming. It doesn't mean like my way is right all the time, mm-hmm. but it works for you. But it, it definitely allowed me to take a business model that is pretty like at least like my biggest business is present out there and break down every hurdle and box and, and all of these things and do things so much better and it doesn't mean that I'm not open to people's input. I'm just saying like that's, that's just, you realize as an entrepreneur, even in your own personal life, like I will tell you like personally, like I, like I even have like the way that I drive as far as like if I have to be in this area, then I'm going to mix like all of these other tasks along with that. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's not something like it's not a preferred something I want to do that day, but like I'm in this area, I want to be efficient. So I want to soak up as much as I can or squeeze out as much as I can, you know, from an efficiency standpoint. So I get satisfaction out of that process versus like a business saying, well, just, just do that one thing, but I, I, I need you back in the office or we need to actually go to this meeting or we need to do this. Like mm-hmm. I get to actually define Oh no! It's actually it'd be better for me to just grind out two hours and do this because I'm in this geolocation, you know. So then I don't have to pivot back to it later, right? You know, and those are things that I think about as an entrepreneur that that certainly helps with my once mental well being, you know. So logistically speaking, do you think uh, we were having this conversation uh, a few weeks ago? Um, because I have a a friend who has a. PhD in in the sciences, and he's been looking for an academic position. And as many of you listeners may know, you know, getting a job in academics can take a long time. And it's a a lot about who you know, and making connections to sort of find your place at at a university or a college. And, you know, I had suggested to him in the meantime, that maybe he should start up like a freelance type of a thing because he has expertise in this area of science that a lot of people might be interested in tapping into. And um, they may not have access to, you know, like a university locally where they could talk to a professor or someone who could help them with these specific types of things, but that he could, you know, but they do all people in this field all sort of network and talk to one another and that, you know, they, the word gets out like so-and-so, you know, they needed this study done and we kind of need that same thing in our area. And, and I had just suggested to him, he, you know, that his, his expertise might be really great f- freelance that, that he could get hired while he's looking for this academic position. And, 
he was vehemently <laughs> opposed to that suggestion. And he said, I never want to own my own business. So not to dive back into freelance versus owning your own business, but I certainly have met a lot of people who say to me, I could never be an entrepreneur. It's too stressful. It's too much. I don't want to be in charge of all the little tasks that come with it. Uh, I would be too scared to be living paycheck to paycheck, not knowing that my income was stable. And there is something very comforting about having a stable paycheck every two weeks that you can count on, you know, that's not necessarily tied so very closely to your performance. Yes. Um, so do you, do you think, I know it's, it's definitely a mix, but what, what do you think about is, is entrepreneurship a mindset that you have to put yourself in or is entrepreneurship a gene that you have? Uh, so I have told you this, that I think teaching someone how to run a business that can be taught because you can just kind of talk about your profits and losses overhead and, you know, your sales and revenue and things. But, but yeah, I, I do think that there is a very genetic predisposition for being an entrepreneur, someone who wants to build and scale. And in, in a lot of cases, so, and, and, and let me break this open a little bit because the article even talks about it working more and getting paid less yeah versus like what people because entrepreneurship has become the sexy term because people see like oh well so and so 24 years old sold this app or sold this service startup is another one yeah which those are so far and few between i think because of social and having access to this information people automatically assume that entrepreneurship is like that's the way to gain like quick like that's you're you're gonna get you're gonna blow up you're gonna make billions and yeah sign me up for that i think however like it's the process it's the journey that's very important and i think that's very important to an entrepreneur and i think that's hardwired into that individual mm-hmm. i love to lose i love to grind I love to fail. Mm-hmm. I just, I thrive in it because it just makes me want to go harder. Like that, the motivating factor for me is failing versus success. Right. Which uh, sounds crazy. No, it's it's funny how someone at Women Who Start Up uh, a few weeks ago was saying the same thing that she would rather fail than be told how to do everything for the rest of her life. And, and everybody who is interviewed uh, month after month has this same common thread of like, I wasn't a very compliant kid. <laughs> I wasn't yep. really interested in doing things the way people told me to. Um, and so that's kind of why I asked, do you think it's, it, there's like a genetic or a personality component to it that's just, it's part of who you are and you're always going to be an entrepreneur if that's part of your being, if that's part of your uh, identity. Yeah, so growing up in Virginia, I was referred to as, and and I'm not joking here, like I was referred to as an anarchist, (laughs) which the more sophisticated term that people had started to classify me as is more anti-establishment. So yes. Punk rock. I was, yeah, certainly. I music was 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 big there 
but but the the arc was the rules and not necessarily authority although you know i definitely pushed back on it but it was process yes i can do the job better faster and get a same if not like i said better results doing it this way and that was always my way I push back on that so much. So that was where the anti-establishment was, not the establishment of like the man, mm-hmm. but really just the process of getting stuff done. Like the standardization of, well, this is how you punch the holes. <laughs> right. I'm the square peg trying to get pounded into the round hole. Right. That just was not going to work. So yeah, maybe from an early onset, because I, I remember at three years old, because my my mom's frustration at two in the morning when I had taken, I had disassembled my toys. (laughs) Like I had found some pliers or whatever. And I had this like truck that pedaled. It wasn't motorized. Like you had to pedal it. And I remember taking the wheels off, off of it and taking that thing apart to try to figure out how it worked and then trying to figure out how I could make it go faster. (laughs) And then I ended up getting Vaseline out of the closet and putting Vaseline on the axles and then putting the wheels back on because I figure if I grease the wheels, because I remember slipping on that Vaseline one day when it was on, like it got smeared on the wood floor. So I'm like, well, if I went faster because I fell and slipped or slipped and fell, then maybe this is going to help. I had no cons. I'm three years old. Right. <laughs> I didn't uh, understand about viscosity and, and the fact that, yeah, like oil and grease. and Like I just figured, like I put two and two together. And then, of course, I am making a big mess. Well, putting I mean, Vaseline on the truck. I'm sure you were being very meticulously cleaning up after yourself. And... Yeah, no, not at all. It was a mess. <laughs> like I was not only putting like grease on the axle, but I was like, all right, well, if I put grease on the axle, because that's where it spins, but I'll put grease on this plastic wheel too. Oh, good that'll idea. Help me, that'll help me go even quick, faster. Of course, my mom, like I said, two, three in the morning, she's like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, uh, very early on. And maybe some of you might be like, yeah, that's typical kids. Uh, but I did that a lot. I used to always, as my mom would probably say, like break my toys. I, no, I was taking them apart. I wanted to make them better. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway, to answer the question, I do think there's a huge, huge genetic component to sign up for failure, to sign up for, I, I, I just care about the journey. Um, that mountain over there looks great. But I want to I want to feel every stone, every like rock in my shoe, every you know the sun beating down on my face, the rain uh, like pouring down, the hail, all of that. That it comes to like hiking that that mountain, right? And the snow. So yeah, um, and and I also think that people get too caught up in process. So we're like, oh, owning a business? Oh, then there's taxes, there's overhead, there's like these legal things. Good grief. Just go to LegalZoom, to go to nolo.com, hire an accountant for like, you know, like there are accountants out there that will do like manage your books for you for very little. Right. Don't get caught up in that I process. agree. I don't get caught up in process. Um, it's not. It's not worth it because... That's such a, I mean, the tasks do take up time. And I think when you talk about the stresses of being an entrepreneur, those tasks can add up and and definitely add to that stressful, you know, startup phase where, you know, you may not have the money to hire an accountant right away. And you do have to like 
file your taxes and, you know, all that, all those little things. But I think, uh, if you, if you're going to get more satisfaction by setting your own goals and being able to meet your own goals, those little things are going to fall by the wayside for you over time. And, and it's not going to be such a big deal to you that you had to spend two hours, you know, getting your book straight on Friday afternoon that you know that you're progressing towards something that's going to bring you mental satisfaction and align with your values, which is something that's really important to who you are. Yes. To to go back to that question, I just, I, I think I asked it because this study was done on people who are already choosing to be entrepreneurs. Basically, they chose people who are in the midst of starting their own business. I think it may not be applicable to people who don't want to be entrepreneurs but are somewhat like maybe put into that situation or if you aren't hardwired in this way that we were talking about where you're going to get a lot of satisfaction doing things the way that you want and you're going to get a lot more mental satisfaction from having the stability. I don't know that setting goals and meeting your own types of goals is going to be that important to you. Maybe you would rather have somebody lay the path out for you and tell you the goal to shoot for and you just get to do it. And that's kind of the difference between someone who thrives as an entrepreneur or someone who thrives as an entrepreneur or someone who just thrives as, you know, somebody else setting the course and you get to execute in your own way. Yeah. Well, I think part of the failure thing, I, I just want to be clear, like I do appreciate success. Like I don't want to continue to fail and and stay in a failing business, but I like the learning. Yeah. I love the, like, I can look at something and say like, oh my gosh, like I, I can walk away from that emotionally and understand that I learned so much and like what I'm not going to do next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, and that's just part of the process. So being in love with, yeah, the, the process of building something, thinking that you knew what you were doing or that it was the right thing, but also understanding that, you know what, this isn't the right thing. I am going to learn from it. I'm going to do things a little bit differently or a lot. So I'm just, I'm just good with that. I, and, I've, and that's come with experience. I also want to say to folks out there, because there's definitely a lot of folks that will push back on the, let's say, very young millennials that will want to start a business, that are interested in starting something, and folks saying like, well, you got to go out there and get some real world experience first. <laughs> now, it, I really, it can be useful, but it's not necessary. It depends on the industry that you're in. Now, folks, I'm going to offend probably, you know, one or two of you that are listening out there. But if you are 20 years old and then branding yourself as a life coach, uh, I would have a little, a few concerns depending on who your target demographic is. Uh, and this might be an opportunity for us to touch on something that we've sort of chatted about before, um, that the whole coaching industry it has a really interesting structure for entrepreneurs. And it seems like a lot of people who are in startup mode, I don't know if this is just like a trend lately or if it's always been this way, but 
people really seem to feel like having a coach is like a necessary part of getting going in your own business. And neither one of us seem too interested <laughs> in, in following that path. So, but you have done coaching before. You have both had a coach and coached. I've never coached. I've never had a coach. Oh, okay. Zero ever. You know what? So here's the thing, like, and I'll offend some other people. Uh, so the whole coaching thing for certain things in your life. Now I realize, like, I call it more of like a masterclass. Like I've had, had people literally hire me to come in and watch how I can, like how I run a day to day, like from where I started to like, you know, where I am today. And I've, and, and we call that like a masterclass. And there are definitely some pretty prolific um, entrepreneurs out there that say, like, I'm not a coach, like I'll go out and speak and I've written a few books. But ultimately, like, if you want to learn something, then you, you're going to follow me, you're going to be my shadow for like the next like several months and figure this out. So in that regard, yes, coaches as far as like these emotional coaches and and like helping you make certain decisions i don't want to because i know some coaches so i don't want to necessarily offend you but at the same time some of those folks when i look at what they do i'm like oh yeah that's what i used to call a friend <laughs> you know someone oh. who's like willing to share some information with me who would actually be brutally honest with me mm -hmm. instead of worry about hurting my feelings and kind of help like be a sounding board like some of those people are like, like I said, as, as a friend, again, there is definitely a huge business of coaches. I, I do respect there are coaches that, that have been there and done that and basically want to help you lower your learning curve, flatten, and flatten your learning curve. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. And, and I understand that there are plenty of people out there that gravitate toward that. But my anti-establishment and my box formula, standardized this or that, I've never hired a coach and some maybe some may say that I should have, and maybe, maybe th that I should. I think the difference, just from my point of view, is that it, you seem to not have any trouble with goal setting. Where I think some people they have ideas of what they want to build, but breaking it down into smaller goals or figuring out which goals to execute on in the right order so that they can monetize in the right ways, and like sort of income flow and that sort type of thing that might be where a coach could be useful to people where they can see the broader picture and they can give a different perspective on um you know how you might structure things to your best benefit but uh i think there are also just people who have who maybe lose their way in terms of their goals and i don't know that everybody has that struggle but for those that do maybe getting the coach is the right move yeah and depending on the coach that you have because you have to be careful because let's say that i am coaching uh i could be coaching a sport i could be coaching business i could be coaching you know anything and there could get to a point where you know what i am not going to be able to play this particular sport i'm not built like i'm not a tall guy so i'm not going to play basketball I am not like, like there was a point in my baseball career where I kind of had to say like, I'm, I'm not as big as these guys. Like I could play and I was great, you know, like, and whenever I did, it was fine, but I just knew that that wasn't going to be me. So as, as a mentor, I've even had to say, you know what, I, I just don't think this is right for you. So I think if you have a coach, 
that's not trying to just keep stringing you along saying, nope, we're going to get this. We're going to get this and, and bleed you, mm-hmm. you know, financially versus like someone who will just is again, just going to say like, this isn't right for you. Right. Like I can try to help you figure out like what is good for you, like based on your personality and what you want to do. But I definitely see a lot of people forcing being a business owner, forcing themselves to be an entrepreneur and they don't even like it. They just think that that's what they're supposed to do. Right. Because someone told them that. Right. Or that, or that that's the only path to getting what they want. Like they have this idea uh, or concept and maybe they're not the right person to build the business. Maybe they need to hand it off or hire, you know, a team member, a co-founder, whatever, to help them actually make it into a reality because they've got the idea and maybe the passion around it, but they don't have a clue and they're sort of lost how to turn it into anything tangible that can put food on the table. (laughs) That's generally a a goal that we have to include. I mean, it's not all about the money, but it's really hard to keep going when you aren't making any money at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could even say, yeah. and, And I think that is, again, the entrepreneurial thing, like patience, perseverance, like those are the big things that you have to just understand. It's going to take some time. Like yeah. my, so sharing, cause I am, I'm very transparent, you know, like my YouTube channel is starting to grow a little bit more, uh, nothing crazy. We have this podcast, we have this, this video and photography business. And I understand that things aren't like blowing up, but I know when you talk about the goal setting and like knowing where you're headed or where you want to head, I'm still on that track. Like this podcast, it, it who knows how long things could take, you know, sure. before it may never go anywhere. Yeah. But, it's kind of for us, but I enjoy it because it is very entrepreneurial to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's building something even if 20 people see it or listen to it. Uh, that is just, just sort of my mindset. Hey, we're almost halfway there. I think we're averaging like nine downloads per episode. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's the thing. Like I just don't have this like instant gratification because I didn't really grow up that way. Sure. And that's, and that could be again, a sort of a societal socioeconomic, whatever. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I've, I've appreciated just kind of having this voracious appetite to, to build and scale and, and know like I'm going to build a little bit and then I'm going to wait and then I'm going to build a little bit or I'm going to build a lot. And yeah, like it's not like the money's like flowing in, not like, you know, my pockets are fat on these endeavors, but you know what? My emotional cup is full and that's, that's that's the the trade-off. Yeah. That's yeah. Like that's my trade-off and that's what I'm willing to accept. That's what I'm willing to be cool with. So not have money be the driver, but freedom to do what I want to do be the driver. I actually think that that makes it easier to get through the stressful startup moments, like not having the money be the front and center goal. And and we have that that luxury a little bit because we have outside income coming in for sure. Um, But it, it wouldn't matter to us if this never became like a multi-bazillion dollar business. 
Oh, it's going to be. It, don't worry. We're doing it for other reasons. Yeah, yeah. No, we we are doing it for other reasons. And, and I don't want people to think that the money doesn't mean anything. It, it does. It's just, it's not the most important thing. But when it, when stuff happens to where as a business owner that it's affecting my family, then yes, I do have to then take a, a very sort of clear look, step back a few feet from it and say, hmm, I, my emotional cup is full and is that more important than being able to house and feed my family? Sure. <laughs> uh, well, if my emotional cup is full, can I just keep grinding, keep going? I mean, yes, the, the money will flow. I just, I think I'm probably talking about early endeavors. Absolutely. Where you just have to be patient with that. Eventually, like if you keep doing this over and over again, then you're not really a business, you're a hobby. <laughs> and the IRS will say so eventually. They'll be like, okay, wait a minute. I see that you're grinding at this thing in years and years and years, and you're not really bringing in anything. So you don't really have a business like you have a hobby. Right. So nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, if, if like you still like doing it, but like if you're looking to get paid, then yeah, like that should be your goal. But right from the outset, that's just a hard goal to achieve. It is. It And, and that maybe is another reason why some people get a coach because going through those hard times alone, especially if you don't have a co-founder, you know, it's good to have someone who can commiserate and say, you're on the right track, but this is going to be slow. It yeah. may not blow up like in the first two months. Right. That's actually the, not the norm. <laughs> right. No, it is not the norm. And, and that doesn't actually happen anyway. People do not understand how long it takes to build and scale these things. And then eventually they're like, oh my gosh, I just came from out of nowhere. Not really. It's no. been in the process for a long, long it time. It has to have been. Yes. So, and, and, and going back to, you know, since I've offended the coaches out there, <laughs> or at least the, the life coaches that are very young and probably need to leave, I get it. Like, I was doing laundry, my, my laundry, uh, you know, my mom got sick, and so I kind of had to, like, figure out how to cook and throw some clothes in the washing machine at eight years old. So I get it. Like, people have lived very different lives. So mm -hmm. there can certainly be a 20-year-old out there that has lived a life that can give you some perspective, uh, for sure. But it was interesting because, like, I was... So, and this has to do, I think, also with engineering who you are and even some of the genetics of it. So we're out to dinner this weekend and talking to uh, a couple about the fact that, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nurse by education, trade experience for a long time. I literally bought this camera that is in this place right now, like that we're, we're recording in, a year ago. And all of a sudden, I'm now this filmmaker and photographer. Now, I, I've been doing filming and photography, it, mostly filming, like YouTube and stuff, like for, for a while. But now, like, all of a sudden, like, I, I'm, I'm a, a camera for hire. And that was kind of this topic during dinner was that apparently it was told to me that out of the, the four of us, I'm the one, like, so the other three were saying, like, I could never do that. I could never say or feel like I have, like, enough experience to go sell my services with something that I've never done. Or just like literally pick something up, quote unquote, yesterday. Sure. I mean, that's that's really how I felt the first go around when I started my first photography business where 
I had done photography as my own hobby, but I didn't know how to take portraits. Yeah. I just knew how my camera worked and I knew how to compose a shot. Right. Uh, and I, I mean, ultimately that business closed because I didn't know how to value my work and I was charging so little money and feeling like it was so not worth my time to do because I wasn't asking for a reasonable amount of uh, money from my clients that it just became not worth it. I mean, to do an hour of photography and three hours of post-production and then get paid 50 bucks. I, w I couldn't grow because people sure. just wanted to pay me 50 bucks. That's what I had been charging. Right. But I didn't believe that I could be on YouTube a year ago. In fact, that's what my video today is about. I mean, awesome. I, it's a it's the anniversary of my channel this month. Uh, one year anniversary. And I mean, I, I've said that multiple times. Like I did not, when the camera that I'm currently using crossed my path i didn't think that i was ever going to be able to put myself out there in that way yeah like i i was in awe that i had that equipment and then proceeded to break it we'll go into that in another episode sure <laughs> and then had to you know have it repaired and start recording myself and um but i didn't i didn't think that i could put myself out there either. I just basically had to change the way I thought about it. And I said, well, if this fails, then it fails, but it's something that I want to try. And there's obviously people that want it. So why not me? Right. Instead of why me, not, not why me, but why not me? Right. Great. Great segue to reinforce what I'm saying, tearing down the 20-year-old life coach that I had mentioned <laughs> to say, F you, dude, because I am going to do this. Because again, the, 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 the people that, I was, that we were with over the weekend have known me for a long time. And every time, like, and we don't see each other very often, but every time we see each other, there's all these endeavors, like they've known all the endeavors that I've been involved in throughout the, this, like our friendship. And that, that again was just the takeaway because since I've been friends with them or I've known them, they've probably been aware of, I don't know, like how many businesses, how many companies. And so I want them to, like I appreciate what they were saying is like, you basically just say like, I'm going to do this and it doesn't matter what somebody says. Like you just do it. And it doesn't mean that I'm always successful. But what the, the takeaway was, was just that screw everybody else. Like if you call yourself a photographer and a filmmaker and you think like you can produce some work that, that fits the need or, or whatever for like a potential client, like whatever they're looking for, go for it, man. Sure. And like owning a clothing business and selling on eBay and building like I now I never, I don't practice nursing without a license. Like that's different, but like <laughs> I have, you know, coined myself as this and like building a 
like a podcasting network or calling myself a podcaster. I'd never had any broadcasting experience. Right. You didn't go to film school. No, I didn't go to film school. I didn't go to broadcasting school. I just, I bought a mic and I figured it out and like, I, and I've been podcasting for years. And so like, I'm like, that could be on my resume. Mm-hmm. I've just never, I've seen the darkness <laughs> and I just know that if I want to call myself something and I want to be something, and I've always told my kids this, you go for it. Right. You might fail, but you still do it anyway because no regrets. Mm-hmm. Like that'll just eat you up. So if you want to be that 20-year-old life coach, you go do it. And you might not get very many clients or you may get a ton because people might think like, I don't know, there's something about this girl. There's something about being young too. Yeah. So <laughs> they're, they're just... There's just something that you could offer and you just haven't met the right person or, you know, clientele, but you just keep hustling, you go and you hopefully will find that, you know, and if you don't, like I said, you pivot. That's the beauty about entrepreneurship. And maybe that's the well-being aspect of it. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm not making rent, I'm not making the bills, financially things are not great. I don't want to necessarily walk away from being a business owner altogether. Maybe I just do a different business. Maybe I, I, I have a skill set now. I've learned from my failure from this business. I learned how not to run a business. So now I can learn, like I've learned how to maybe run a business right. because of that failure. You, you just get never to know. put the structure together however yeah. you want. Right, right. So congrats on the channel, the anniversary of the channel, <laughs> and just owning who you are. And it could just be who you are at that moment, who you are next week. Just own it. Yeah. And like I said, the naysayers out there, the people that are going to be bringing you down, the people that are going to be trying to to tear down that notion of you wanting to or calling yourself that, are they doing it? Are they taking the risks? Well, like you you talked about in our episode about online comments, you know, maybe people telling you you can't is more of a reflection on them. Right. And that was always me, people telling me that I can't. It just, it just gave me fuel. So hopefully you can reverse engineer that energy and say like, all right, fine, I'm going to show you. <laughs> just don't hurt yourself while you're trying to do it. Because there, there is that sort of uh, like, I am going to jump off the roof. Watch. And I'm going to hit this big pile of snow and I'm going to be just fine. Um, I actually watched the neighbor's kids do that. Like this was years ago. And one of them got really hurt. So they thought, oh, well, it's snow, right? Well, the snow had been sitting overnight, got really, really hard. Oh, gosh. And yeah, he wow. bounced off the, the hill. Yeah, yeah, he bounced off the hill. I think they were recording it for a YouTube, uh, one of their YouTube channels. You this need was, to find this clip. We'll link it up. Yeah, it's, it's, it, and they were all kind of cracking up. And I think the kid like really hurt himself, but all was fine. Um, I, I think he was still like breathing and everything. So I, I saw it like literally out my, out my window. But yeah, try, don't do things out of spite. No, to, no, no. To say like, oh, you're telling me I can't do this? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. Revenge can be the spark, but it can't, it can't sustain a fire. No, it can't. It, it cannot. So, yeah. And as far as like mental well-being, well, I think as, as long as you feel like you're in control, even when you feel out of control, mm-hmm. but like you're at least have some kind of control over where you can pivot, how to pivot, that you need to pivot, you need to pull back, that you're in charge of making these decisions, I mean, that can be a good and bad thing because we can keep grinding at something that again, is just like, Hey, somebody has to come in and save you because like <laughs> you keep grinding and working because you love, love, love it so much. But that's, that's the other end of it. I think generally speaking, 
being able to have some choice, I think that's probably the biggest motivator and the biggest like mental health boost that you can give yourself. Sure. You know, and yeah, it's, it's not for everyone. No, but I mean, don't be afraid to try. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately I just want to leave you with this. Like if you feel like, well, I'm a failure because I'm not an entrepreneur and I'm not an entrepreneur. I, I know people that are in love with their jobs. They love them. Like I've never seen people so happy about like the jobs that they're doing that that's like outside of entrepreneurship, like not one gripe. And I'm like, wow, you've, you won, you made it. Yeah. Like you, and, and these aren't people that are necessarily like in a management position. No, no. Like these are just people that just love how like they deliver the service, who they're delivering the service to, what service it is. Like they, I mean, can't say enough good things. Absolutely. So you've won there too. So I don't know. All right. Well, this was a good journey. All righty. Good deal. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off on this one. Can't wait to have you on the next one.